Yeah, he is. <laughs> like a thief in the night. <laughs> ain't never late, boy. Ain't never late. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Look, y'all. It was smooth. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? What's, What's much, up, man? Hey, we back for episode nine. Yes, sir. Life, legacy, and lessons featuring James Gore. Uh, you know, hosted by the Sticks and Stones crew. Myself, Jake, and E. Yeah. So hey, what y'all, man? What y'all got going on tonight? Where, where you been, man? What caused you to slide in here like this? Man, let me tell you like this, man. Look, man. Your boy, your boy went out of town for work, man. I left out of here. It was ice on the ground. I came back home. It was ice on the ground. But I was coming home, boy. I was coming home. <laughs> oh, man. I've been down in, in the Delta of Mississippi. Ooh. It's been a long couple of days, man. You've been down in the Morgan Freeman restaurant, fooling around. No, I, I didn't go there, man, but I went to some place down in a down there called Doe's Eat House, Eat Place. Yeah. They don't even have a menu. So if y'all ever down in the Delta, man, go to Doe's. Everybody down there know about it. You you gotta walk through the kitchen to get to the tables. Like we literally walked through where they was cooking fries at, yeah. and uh, didn't finish, but had the steak. So they tell you how big the steak was. Hey, yeah. how you order? They ain't got a menu. Man, look, they they, t- they sell you like three or four different things on there, and it's all like steak, steak dinners, whatever. But you get a fillet, or you can get a ribeye. Man, a ribeye two pounds, bro. Yeah, I need to stay away from that junk. Yeah, <laughs> look, look, look. I knocked that about half of it. <laughs> <laughs> look while y'all coming we see we still got people joining in um check in in the comments let us know where you're watching from speak you know uh, be respectful and all that um but we're gonna go ahead and get to the show um got a very special guest on tonight um eric i'll let you uh do the honors okay uh yeah i do it but hold up before i do it i see chad or shay got a question or shay got a question so did y'all get robbed now nah, we didn't get robbed Look, when, you, when your boy go out of town, he ain't worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't worried about that. You know, you can take what I got, but just don't harm me. You know, but yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, y'all. Uh, apologies for the uh, the tardiness, but I'm here. I'm here. You know, we got our boy on, man. Um, let me bring him. I want, I want y'all to see him first. I can't talk about him without him here. <laughs> What's up, JG? What's going on, fellas? JG, before what you up, say up, anything, before you say anything. I'm going to introduce to y'all and present to others Principal James Gordon from Colorado, Mississippi, by way of Chicago, by way of Chicago. So, hey, what's up, man? What's going on, fellas? I'm taking it easy. Y'all straight? Man, you got it, man. I just got one question before we get started, though. Mm-hmm. You ain't like Rayshon. Them headphones work, right? They work, baby. Okay. okay. <laughs> I hope Rayshon knows. <laughs> hey, you, Rayshon, come to the school and, and, and get a pair from me, man. I got I got some pair for you, Doc. He got you, Rayshon. He got you. Yeah, man. But what's going on with you, man? Man, look, we just, I don't know, we snow, ice, inclement weather in. So we just been out for, what, three days? And so we probably going to lose this whole week. So <clears> I've yeah, just yeah. been sitting here trying to get my mind right. Yeah, that's yeah. what's up, man. You know, we got some, we got some, uh, some questions for you, man, uh, you know. I know in your profession you gotta you know be selective on some stuff. So if we out of line, just let us know we out of line. But you know we just want to get to 
you know, um, get to the root, man, of what made James Gordon so successful, man. You know, you, you've been on a lot of different, um, um, I would say, spotlights across the Mid-South, man, as far as being an educator and administrator, which is great stuff. Man, look, I got it all, man. Look, from cold water. Got it all from cold water, man. Just those nuggets, man, just uh, inspired by greats. I just saw great leadership going on, man. And so I just took that and used it. I wasn't expecting to thrive, but that's just kind of what, what happened. So, yeah. 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 So how would you say uh, cold water prepared you to be where you are today? Uh, well, you know, that's where my roots are from. But if you're talking about on an educational uh, standpoint, you know, it was good to see strong brothers all the time. You know, at Coldwater, you know, Coldwater High School, you, at the time I was there, it was 7th through 12th grade. So, you know, when we were there, you had those greats like Mr. Bearden. I don't know if Mr. Bearden was y'all prince at the time. You had Bearden, yeah. blue-collar guy. Yeah. Mr. Cummins, blue-collar guy. Mm -hmm. You had Coach Spival. You know, you know, Spival was known throughout uh, the tri-states, you know. So, you had Coach Dandridge, mm -hmm. Coach Woods. Coach Reggie Hankerson, right? Mm -hmm. Mr. Knox, so all those grace man is just, I just came uh, in passing with them and they just gave me some nuggets, man. And I just okay. used those same tools to uh, incorporate and structure how I was successful okay. as an educator and currently as a leader. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And look, before Jake jump on his question, I want to call out here too, man, that the Hankersons, I knew, I knew Reggie. I didn't, I didn't know Mr. Hankerson. But man, it's crazy because we heard a lot about what Coach Hankerson did for Coldwater even before our time. And so just like just call those names out now, I can guarantee you, bro, that we got kids that's, you know, some of their parents might be listening now. They don't even know the people you just called out. Yeah. See, Coach Hankerson, if, if you wasn't athletic, Coach Hankerson, Reggie, so you heard stories about his dad, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, when I was coming up, you heard how well of a – athlete coach reggie hankerson was so when i came to cold water coach hankerson was the coach and then when i got in ninth grade coach hankerson became the head boys track coach if you wasn't talented or, or athletic and you spent time with coach reggie hankerson you you got something you're you gonna gain something from him and so yeah. um, i can attest to i wasn't the greatest athlete but he taught me how to be competitive and he taught you know he took that talent and he stretched that talent so big shout out to coach reggie hankerson yeah, so I think he was my PE coach in like fourth grade or something like that. Oh, yeah, jokers were kicking off the elementary wall so tough. I told him you set that wall up, racing boy. I was the last one, but I was kicking the wall too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Eric mentioned uh, Chicago doing his introduction. I don't think that's something that I knew. Um, I guess just kind of talk about that transition, like when, when was that? Um, that you made that transition to cold water and you know what was that like so my parents moved to cold water i mean moved to chicago i think like in 1970 and so they were there until 93 so i was i was born and lived in chicago until i was 13 and then my when my granddad died my mom decided to pack up and move us to to cold water so we moved to cold water and that's kind of how it, it it transpired so been there ever since. I, I thought it was the greatest thing because I don't, you know, living in Chicago back then, I don't think I would have been as successful as I am now. 
you know, cause it was rough living in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and to that point, since you mentioned about the great things of cold water, so uh, what's your best memory, man, from cold water? And it ain't gotta be school, it ain't gotta be personal, just whatever you can think of that's your best memory from cold water. Man, I got plenty of memories, man. I, I just don't have no. Um, I think uh, I'll start one from one of them. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say. With uh, Mr. Knox. So uh, we used to sing. I used to sing in a group with Mr. Knox. There were seven of us. So just the greatest experience, man, just uh, being highlighted. Um, they had the Dr. King uh, visual back like in 1999. So we were on national television. So just the fact that uh, Mr. Knox was able to assemble these guys and create a, a gospel group. And we were able to be highlighted on national TV on NBC back in 98. That's one of my greatest moments. You stole my thunder, man. They were showing my notes. You know I was going to ask about some music. Now, now, he ain't steal your thunder, man. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I'm smiling, uh, uh, James. And, Joy, go ahead and answer, go ahead and answer your question first, Joy. Then I'll tell him why I'm smiling. No, I, I mean, that's what I was going to touch on, you know, just that experience with, I think it was pure consonants, right? There it is. Now so Eric do that every week. Huh? Eric do that every week, don't he? What's it? <laughs> I'm going to start putting my questions on a different note sheet. He, hey, he hey, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Before he know they're going to answer hey, hey, Jane, the next question. Hey, Jane, I'm telling you why I'm smiling. And act like he ain't stealing. Look, I'm, I'm going to mute you real quick. This means you talk. Let me, let me mute them. Make them be part of a mute. Look, I'm going to tell you why I'm smiling. Because every week, bro, we put together questions, right? You know, I, I told you, if you had anything specific, let us know. If not, we just going to kind of let it roll. We put together questions. And what, jo what you just talked about, I started smiling because I know Jordan had a question for you about that. Okay. My question had nothing to do with music. What did I ask you? What's your best memory from being in Cold War? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that could have been at David's Barbershop. That could have been yeah. in the lunchroom. It could have been anything, right? For sure. I'm, I'm smiling, bro, because this platform we own, whatever we ask, some kind of way, it comes back full circle by the time we do the interview. Yeah, so, so so Jordan felt like I stole his thunder, but I just laid no, it. No, 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 no. I was talking to James. I laid him to the yeah. water, bro. Go on, You know, I, I with this this is a conversation for me, Mac, and James. You ain't musically inclined. But anyway, uh pure, pure consonants, man. I grew up, you know, just like watching y'all, admiring y'all, the sound and and all of it. And I guess if you can just kind of speak about like what Mr. Knox did for you during that during that time. Oh, exposure, man. Exposure. So Mr. Knox took us all over the state of Mississippi, state of Tennessee, Arkansas. Every every Sunday, if it wasn't every Sunday, every other Sunday, we would go to church and pack up in that cold water van and we would travel the state, man singing man going to different churches man you know back then no cell phone we had to print out map quest man or just word of mouth to get into these churches man and we'll sing and so just imagine you know uh seven of us you know we were we were we were acapella yeah so you know you go into these baptist church they be getting it and then mr nar said hey we're gonna we're gonna tone it down just a little bit for you all natural harmony and we're going there you know I was the bass, but you know, you had some blowers. You had Kendrick Kimball, yep. Seaburn Branch, Sean Brown, 
man, them jokers, man, could flat out sing and Knox would just get us together, make sure we harmonized. And that's the reason uh, why I got a scholarship at uh, Jackson State. Mm. We went to this um, the choir festival. We went down there and blew that festival out the water. And the current director there was like, hey, come take a walk with us. So we took all of us to the um, um, financial aid office and the register office and said, hey, these guys need to get a scholarship. But unfortunately, I was the only one that went. We thought all of us was going. But, you know, Gavin went to the Army. Chantel went to the Army. Kendra went to Valley. And, you know, Seaman and Sean were still in um, school. Mm-hmm. But that was, man, Mr. Nosman just gave us that exposure. Yeah. Hey, what, what, what spot. Yeah, spot, y'all, y'all, y'all be tight. What's up? Did, did Morris Tarver ever, ever sing with y'all? Morris never sung with y'all? So he sung in the, you know, we had the choir. Mm-hmm. And so Morris Talbert, uh, at the Beta Club convention, we performed at the Beta Club convention. And he sung with us. It, but it wasn't pure constant. It was Morris, me, Milo, Kabisa Morgan, Kim Silk, and it was somebody, and Milo Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So we performed yeah. and came in second place. Yeah, Morris, was he was a humming brother, too. We went, you know, grew up in the same church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went to church here? Yeah, man. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. A little bit. A little bit. I was an usher, matter of fact. A what? A usher. <laughs> a usher. The same I, 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 I was a gatekeeper. <laughs> I got some fools, man. Go, go, go on, mate, before I get started. Go on there. I'm just here, man. I know how you move. Now, go, go on with your question. All right, so I say you slide in here like you slid from the Delta. It's all good. Yeah, man. Hey, hey look, you, you mentioned uh, JSU, but I'm going I'm to say this real quick before uh, I jump in for real, though. But I know you um, you, mentioned you got a scholarship. You was the only one. And, um, you know, we're going to jump into JSU. We're going to jump into HBCUs in a minute. Uh, but don't underestimate the scholarships from the HBCU. I, I say that because just like you got a scholarship, I was going to undergrad at Mississippi State, and I wasn't planning on going to Jackson State, but I applied to Jackson State's MBA program, and JSU gave me a 66% scholarship out the gates. So that, that saved me some money, man. And, you know, you feel at home when you're there. But we're going we're gonna to talk, talk about that a bit. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, so – Speaking of uh, D.I. Love, Mr. Gordon, h- how was your experience? Uh, what was your experience like at, at JSU? Man, the greatest experience in the world, man. I look, promote that. I would encourage anybody to go to a, a HBCU. You know, coming from a small town, uh, cold water, and you know how we had a college and career day, and JSU and some other colleges came to the school, and they were trying to recruit. We went to Jackson State. We did a tour. Man, I fell in love with the Jackson State man on a on a Wednesday at twelve o'clock, all the way live. <laughs> I said, "This is where I have to go." And man, you know, you know, it's just like family. It teaches you to struggle. So you know, think about it. You go to a predominantly white university. You know, you apply for your student loan, your aid. Within probably twenty four hours. You're going to get that what? That check right there. 
no long lines. Man, at Jackson State, HBCU, that line was wrapped around the corner. But it taught you how to what? Survive through what? The struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, when we when I able to when I was able to graduate, you know, when hardships came up, hey, you learned that when you was in the HBCU, Roman noodles, you know. Uh, you may not have anything in your refrigerator. You just made it work with the folks around you. So, um, and then just, you know, the HBCU experience, the, the band, the marching band, uh, you know, swag football. So homecoming, y'all know about it. So it was just great, a great experience, man. I wouldn't change it for the world, so fraternity, sororities, you know, uh, not knocking uh, what they got on at the PW. Uh, eyes, but HBCU is where to go. I'd encourage anybody go to HBCU. Yeah, so 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 you mentioned, um, you know, you uh, traveling with Mister Knox and uh, getting that scholarship, kind of kind of on a whim. Um, I guess just kind of speak to like how, how valuable would you say this scholarship was at that time, um, as far as you. Uh, Trying to continue your education. Hey man, hold on, hold on. He, he, he wants some noodles up. Hold on, man. Yeah, wants wants some noodles up. So, um, so like, so to be honest, you know, I had a what, three point nine GPA, was in the top ten of the class at Coldwater. Um, so you know, just applying for different colleges, you were getting accepted, but I wouldn't get no aid. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking to um. Jermaine, you know, prior to the show about how I was going to join the military, man. I was about to get rid of sign. And I was like, you know, if, you know, no scholarships come my way by March, I don't want to put my parents through that bind. I don't want to have to, you know, struggle. You know, my sister at the time was in the military taking care of her. I said, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. But uh, I think late March, we went and did that core festival. Right there on the spot, I got that scholarship. And then after that, I got an academic scholarship, a partial scholarship at Jackson State. So um, that really helped out. And then, I don't know if y'all knew this, you know, uh, the second semester of my freshman year, I walked on Jackson State football and made the team. Look, 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 look at Max Miley. So don't, don't blame me. It's my fault, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But, yeah, so... Yep, I played ball for for two years, man. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, I just found it out today. It, it was in my questions before Eric. Uh, you know, I told you, Eric, you be doing this. Um, hey, he no, now, no, James, I, I actually knew you walked on the JSU. They they didn't know it, but uh, Mac had a question on it. But I was gonna see if they gonna blame me. So, right, right. I was gonna blame you. I'm always gonna blame you. I know, I know. That's where it go. <laughs> It's dope though. So, so how did that come about? Uh, since since you mentioned it already, uh, as far as uh, like what inspired you to walk on? We all know about Cold Water football team back in yep. the late nineties. We won winning no games, but yeah, you know, we always wanted. To, I was a manager for y'all, so we always wanted to. You know, you know me, a couple other guys, guy who want to go to the next level, but you know, we were like, man, ain't nobody looking at Cold Water. All they're looking at is what. That record. So, um, well, I'm gonna tell you, Coach Dandridge, and y'all remember Coach Wright? Yep. Yep. So, you know, so. That's Eric's favorite teacher. Oh, straight up. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so my my ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade year, we didn't win any games. We went through three different coaches. Then Coach Wright came my senior year. We won some games with just like sixteen players. Mm. And so you know, Coach Wright was just man. He was just a he was he was just bred from a different cloth, man. And yep. he was just man run the hell out of us. He's like, look, it's only sixteen of you all. Y'all playing Iron Man football. We ain't got to worry about no plays. Get on that line. And we ran. Who's got it? Who? Yeah, there you go. Yep, who's got it? Oh, man, you already know. Man, he has, look, he's beyond me and cheese. He was on us, Doc. He thought, he, y'all think y'all, y'all think y'all the shit. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> y'all ain't nothing. He, you know, he had put, he came in, man, brought the, um, the uh, weight facility up in there. Mm-hmm. And man, he pushed us. We end up winning some games, you know. So he he ran the hell out of us. Then you know, Coach Dandridge, you know, Coach Dandridge had that winning mentality. Man, Coach Dandridge just one of the first person I would say borderline just arrogant, you know, just that that character. And hey, we good, man. Anybody who is um not better than us, they won't beat us. Anybody on our level, they can't beat us. And anybody that's better than us, they'll beat us every now and then. And so he just kind of put that in me, you know. And so when I went to Jack State and walked on, you know, it was almost impossible to walk on and make the team or whatever, man. Just, I just stayed at it. Just stayed at it, man. And um, end up, man, making the team, making the roster, doing the depth chart. Got a chance to, you know, play a little bit in travel. So, so yeah, That's man. Dope. What position were you playing? Free safety. Okay. He was playing quarterback in high school, right? Man, look, Wire Coach Wright stopped. Coach Coach Wright stopped that at too fast. He said, "Sir, <laughs> you are not a quarterback." <laughs> <laughs> JoJo was in the tenth grade. He said, "That's your quarterback. Like, you you gonna go out here and play tight end and wide receiver, mm-hmm. wide receiver, point blank period." He said, "He was like, you know how Coach Wright was. He yeah. His finger, his finger." Who in the hell told you that? <laughs> <laughs> Who you think you are, Warren Moon? Nah. Walk, walk with the pants heist up in the back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he would say this, look at you, look at you. <laughs> so he put me on that, uh, put me out there, man, receiver, tight end, and, you know, just play, play a little defense. But, you know, yeah. at, the, at the time at Jackson State, you can hang it up trying to play a uh, receiver, you know, because they had at the time, I don't know if y'all remember, Sylvester Morris, mm-hmm. right? Daniel Guy, all these cats at the time, man, they went to the league, so you can hang that up. And I was too short to play the receiver. Yeah. So how you, how you feel about uh, especially being a walk-on down there and actually experiencing experiencing the game in the facilities and then the, the changes that uh, Coach Pryor made? So – I'm just be honest. You know, I remember how it looked when I was playing. Yeah. That's how I looked pretty much before Prime got there. Maybe just minor upgrades. Um, but you know, it wasn't that the major focus, man, like away facilities and that pride and that structure. It got better um with Prime. But I think, you know, since Prime is gone, uh the current coach, TC, because I, I played with him, he's going to be okay. Yeah. He got the right tools. So, yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> go ahead, Matt. No, I'm, I'm good. Oh, um, so you were speaking earlier um, about, you know, us going to HBCUs um, and why this, you know, so important. Uh, recently, uh, there was an issue with, I think, Ed Reed at Bethune-Cookman and and all that, and then Prime kind of shed, shed some light on some things as, as he was, you know, walking out the door. Like, what, what type of challenges do you see, um, um, I guess, from HBCUs um, that, you know, uh, would continue to be the plight? Well, Ed Reed, I just think Ed Reed kind of forgot the sense of professionalism. So what he did at that moment, it wasn't professional. Uh-huh. And the fact that it was on mainstream media, on social mm-hmm. media, and when you think about the backlash, probably the AD and the school was going to take, he was probably going to do great things for the Thune Cookman. Mm-hmm. But like um, Dion told him when he FaceTimed him, it's not the time. He missed that opportunity. You know, so you got to know when or where to keep your mouth closed. Now, Dion went on, on a tyrant um, when he first started coaching, but he was the coach then. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all remember when he, his first game, somebody, quote, unquote, stole his stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it boom, boom. And, and then the, the press, the post-conference, he was upset about it, but he was the coach then. Yeah. So, um, but as far as uh, the state of, uh, HBCUs, I mean, I think HBCUs in, in a good place. Uh, Dion brought the celebrity, right? It was easy for him to go into uh, someone's home and recruit because of his pedigree. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to, but you know, he did leave something behind, going to make it easier for the current coach uh, at Jackson State because you can see he's went and recruited some um, some top five recruits and some top four recruits. So we're going to be okay. And, you know, you talked about the facilities at Jackson State or some HBCUs. Y'all ever been to Alabama State? Mm-hmm. Really? They, got some cold, they got some cold facilities. You know, I don't think that was just the, the focus at Jackson State, but now it is. And it's up and coming. We'll get a stadium soon. Yeah, yes. I, need, I need to go. As a matter of fact, my niece is a cheerleader there. She'll be a senior next year. So mm-hmm. I need to go out there and uh, check them out. Where? Alabama State. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to be going to Prairie View soon for a visit. because uh, they're on Jayla top three. So yeah, I'm I'm headed out that way. Alabama State. Nice. Real nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well man, um, you know, look look like you might be carrying your passions for JSU over into your professionalism into your career. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, <clears throat> the I love, I think you're kind of passing it on um, to the youth. You know, not not like, you know, spread, laying it out for them, but I think some of that that you learned and that you picked up at JSU, you kind of passing along. If I'm correct, kind of lay that out for us. What that looks well, I, like. think, I think everybody do it, you know, uh, just to kind of show our kids in, in, in the city, you know, let them know about college and career readiness. So, you know, on Fridays, I'm wearing my JSU paraphernalia, they're asking questions. I'm kind of incorporating it. You know, if you come to my school, above every classroom door, you'll see um, a pennant of a college or a university. 
HBCU, HBCU or not HBCU school, SEC, you'll see them all, you know, just to kind of create that culture of wanting to go what? To college because the kids uh, don't, don't see it. So we started a, um, I hired someone to do a dance, a dance instructor. So, you know, and I'm just encouraging her to tell my girls, hey, you can go to school uh, on a scholarship to be a majorette. So hopefully by next year, next season, she can take those girls to to a JSU game, right? Yeah. So they can she can actually motivate them when they see the J sets because our kids not exposed to that. We started a step team. I did that at my previous elementary school, you know. So someone that's Greek, uh, part of the Divine Nine, they lead the charge with having a step team, and so the kids they know, hey, you can go to school in order to be on this step team. But guess what? The only way you can be on this step team. You got to go to college. So those are just some things that we've incorporated uh, throughout my tenure as a, a educator. Yep. And, and my, my follow-up to that is, like, I know when we were in, in a high school or whatever, and I'll speak to myself. I ain't going to speak for y'all, but um, we I didn't have anybody, you know, at the school that specifically landed out and guided me saying, go to college, go here, go there. Now, to your point earlier, yeah, yeah, we had some positive male role models, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't about, you know, go to school here or, or you know, what do you want to do next? Mm-hmm. You know, it was a select few uh, teachers who talked about that. And um, the counselors, Ms. I don't call her name, but she went oh, by name. Went by oh, name. Let's yeah. not even talk about counselors when I was in school. Like, it wasn't even the counselors to set up, that set up us going to, remember high school day? Mm-hmm. That wasn't a counselor. That was you. Um, that was Sharon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just five. You know, you, you know, Mr. Rafer. See, I and see, Mr. Rafer lived at Cole. I'm like, who is this cat? He's one of us go to Rush College. Yeah, and I didn't know that. Rafer, man. I, I I know he was Greek. I didn't know he was Greek. I forgot all about him. And then Coach Stone. I didn't yep. know Coach Stone was a Q. Mm-hmm. You know, so we didn't get that exposure. Yep. <laughs> So, so to that point, like I said, I, man, I, I would say that um, I went to college blind, and um, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what my selection boiled down to. It was Ole Miss or Mississippi State, and I chose Mississippi State because it was further from home. It's crazy, huh? You chose <laughs> wrong too. I, I, I bet you I did, <laughs> but but, uh, but but I chose Mississippi State because it was further from home. Now you know, great great experience, but then I ended up going to JSU for grad school. You know, so. By the time, by the time a kid finished college, in my opinion, if they don't know, they're just now starting to figure it out. But they don't already paid or, or you know took class enough to get a degree. When what you guys are doing is great because you're giving them that exposure. You you have positive role models. You have male teachers at your, your at your school, you know, at your middle school, whatever. And um, <clears throat> what impact do you think they have on young black guys, man? They need it. They need it. They need it. They don't see it. Um... I'm really trying to enforce it at my middle school, but it's a little bit difficult. But when I was at the elementary school, um, I recruited like seven men. And ironically, these guys love to dress up. So, man, these guys would come to school suited and booted. So, you know, one of them, David J, mm-hmm. David Jamison. Yep. So, and so he was so profound with helping me because he the one who recruited two other cats. So, man, these guys would come in with tailor suits, suited and booted every day. And so it changed the culture because the kids were like, why y'all wearing suits every day? 
because they wasn't used to seeing it. What they used to seeing? Single parent households, right? Pretty much the mom. If the dad was involved, not trying to stereotype, they were not dressed in business attire, pants sagging, joggers, hoodies, and those things. So for them to see these men every day uh, wearing this type of uniform or attire, then they started to what? Because we incorporated tie for Tuesday. So you see now boys wearing tie. They want to wear tie. They want to hear about the success of, of these men. And the same thing that I've incorporated at that school, I'm trying to employ over here. But you know, middle school students cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Oh yeah. But well, I, I think there's, you know, just so dope that you you're doing that in middle middle school versus waiting until they get to high school and trying to uh, expose them to um, everything that's out there. So I definitely think if we would have had something like that, because that's seventh and eighth grade, I, I couldn't tell you couldn't tell you where college was. Mm-hmm. So, besides Northwest, probably. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing, like that early exposure, because even like like as Eric alluded to earlier, like even in high school, we weren't having those conversations. At some point, like his choice was based on which was getting farther away from home. So being able to have those conversations in elementary, uh, middle school, definitely dope and extremely important. You can see I was uh, um, I was actually a civil engineer major. I wanted to go to Mississippi State because they were the school of engineering. All they gave me was a thousand dollar leadership scholarship. I wanted to go to Ole Miss, a thousand dollar leadership scholarship. So I had to go to, to JSU when they had to do a program, three years and then two years at Mississippi State. But it just so happened while I got to Jackson State, I changed my major because I lost passion in engineering and I wanted to do education. And so that's how that transpired because I never went to school for it. That was my, my, uh, my first choice. My first choice was always engineering. Then <laughs> I mean I ain't gotta ask the next question. He already answered it. It's, it's all good. Yeah. Oh, that was the next question. Well, it was one of my questions. When did you when did you know you wanted to be an educator? But you know, you, you pretty much already answered that. So man, look, I'm gonna tell you, when I was at Jackson State, um this the engineering department was up and up and coming, so you had a lot of foreigners, right? And so it was hard to, you know, really kind of grasp what they were saying. I need the study hall. Um, if I asked for a tutoring, they were like, "Hey, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have tutors, so we we're not going to tutor." And so I remember uh, one of my professors stood on the table and said, "Hey, in order to pass this class, you got to take it twice." I grabbed my stuff, went to university college, and changed my major. Mm. What, what 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 was it about education that intrigued you so much? Like you know, what? Always been around kids. You okay. know, I had a big family. Always been around kids, and then just like summer programs, I would be in summer bridge program working with kids. You got to think about it: Beard, Commons, Hankerson, Dandruff. You know, all those cats were just they, they were educators. So I said, you know what? I think this is my choice. So I got into education, and man, I just man excelled. And then next thing you know, I just uh, got my first job in Jackson, and, and went from there. 
So when they, when they when they decide to bring Coldwater High School back, when you gonna come down with Prince? I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> so check this out. So after getting my master's in leadership, and I was like, you know what, I want to come back up north. So that's when Coldwater was up on the conservatorship, right? Was taken over by the state. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for a principal. So in 2012, I applied twice for the principal. They didn't look at my application. So I had to go where and apply for Shelby County Schools. So for years, they left a bitter taste in my mouth. So you're like, well, Gouler, why don't you come back to Coldwater? No, I tried. Yeah. And they I overlooked think, me. Yeah, I think it was, it was, I think a trail, either Trail or Rayshawn mentioned that, uh, that you applied and you didn't even get considered. And man, that's that's just that that, that sucks. Like yep. e- even if they feel you weren't qualified, you should at least got an interview. Right. You know, but, but look, look look at the impact and look at the uh, influence that you give into the uh, kids in Memphis. You know, um, indeed. Yeah, and, and DJ, you know, DJ teaching, and not 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 to give you credit for DJ success, but no, no. So we, let me. He's he not a teacher. He done did so good. He in HR. He he, he was. Me, yeah, he yeah. was teaching. Yeah, so he was teaching, and um, not to take away anything he's doing, or not to give you credit for him, but look at how um, he worked, I would say, with you or under you, and the influence that he gave the kids, and the influence he had on kids. Imagine if we had a James Gordon and a, and a DJ at Coldwater, what yep. the schools would be like. Products of Coldwater. Yeah. You know. But, you know, I, I, I fought myself, too, because I shouldn't have, you know, kept that bitter taste long. Because I, I I do believe that hey, maybe several years ago when they were talking about closing the school down, I could have done something. We could have rallied, you know, because you know the people that were rallying to try to keep preserve cold water, they were older. They probably had the knowledge or the skill set to really push it forward. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know what? It, it may be too late. I don't know, but someone like aspiring minds like us could have really stepped forward and said, hey, look, let's not close this school down when it is in the central part of the county where it shouldn't post, it shouldn't be closed. But there may be, we may be a dollar short and then they lay behind that. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Mr. Bearden, Mr. Cummins, Mr. Knox, um, <clears throat> who are our principals. Um, when you decided to go into, I guess, education, which one of those would you say, which one of those, you know, men would you say um, most inspired you to do what you're doing now? And then uh, who would you, which one of them would you say your style kind of resembles the most? I think it's a hybrid. You know, if y'all remember Mr. Beard, he was clean cut. Mr. Beard was polished. Yeah. You know, I said, Mr. Beard, Mr. Beard don't even have belt loops in his pants because his clothes was tailored. He was a tailor-made cat, blue-collar cat. You know, he was policy-driven. And then you had Mr. Cummins, the disciplinarian, being the enforcer, right? No it, nonsense. When you it, saw Mr. Yeah, that, that joint little uncle who used to like the all the time. <laughs> yes, sir. And he'll tell us, hey, look, you're going to get three days or five licks. And I just didn't put my hand on the desk and say, come on with it, doc. Come on with it. He didn't play. And then, you know, uh, Mr. Knox was over there at the elementary school. So Mr. Knox was real hands-on. You know, Mr. Knox was coaching baseball. 
riding the bus, driving the bus, directing us, managing us. So he was real hands-on. So I'm all that. I'm all the above. So I would just say, you know, a, a taste of all of it. Yeah. So you say uh, your first – you took your first teaching job in Jackson? In Jackson, yep. What school? Um, Emily Isabel Elementary, right behind Jackson State, next to Jim Hill High School. How long you stay there? I was there for eight years, from um, 05 to 08 to 2012, and I came to Memphis 2012-2013 academic school year. I taught two years at Caldwell Guthrie in North Memphis. Um, <laughs> North North. And then I did an internship as an um, aspiring principal. And I got my first principal job in 2015 at uh, Newberry Elementary. And I've been a principal ever since. How uh, how hard is that transition from, from teacher to principal? Uh, well, it wasn't too bad because I think after my third year teaching, I was always given some type of leadership uh, responsibility. So as a classroom teacher, we didn't have a assistant principal at um, at Isabel, but my I was the lead teacher, so I had leadership responsibilities. That's what my principal said. You know what? You should uh, consider going to grad school. They have a leadership program, and I uh, got in it and did a lot of leadership training. So when I got to Memphis, even though I was teaching, the principal in Memphis was like, "I want you to be the lead teacher." So I got into a program up here, and in one year, I did my residency and got a school. So, you know, elementary school, you know, kids, I'm, I'm 6'2", 230, you ain't gonna have no problem with kids like that. So it's just more so changing and shaping adult mindsets. Yeah. So, but now in middle school, you got middle school kids that stand your same height, their parents, and teachers. So it's three times as worse as elementary. Makes sense. Hey, was uh, was discipline still in school when you first started teaching? Like paddling and stuff? So in, two so in 2005, when I started teaching in Memphis, they had just took it out in 2004. They took out corporate punishment. And in Jackson Public Schools, they took it out in 2000. So it was if you was in a city school, no corporate punishment. Now I, I think I think they still do corporate punishment in some of the rural schools in Mississippi. Mm. We need it. Yeah, look, you talking about Mr. Cummins with that um three days of five licks. <laughs> look, hey, but I'm gonna tell you somebody who can smoke. Coast Fiber. Man, spoon that spoon that got me. Uh Mr. Cummins to give me for one time. Shit, Mr. Green at the elementary school. Yeah. Hey, Mr. <laughs> Green about tears my eye. Mm -hmm. They will stop. Anyway, it's Coach Five said you're gonna get three licks. He hit me one time. I said, I'm going to the office. <laughs> I'm, going to the office. I'm gonna take these days. You're not about to hit me two more times. God bless his soul. No, sir. No, sir. Hey, Mr. Cummins, uh, Mr. Cummins about to get me. I said, no, nah, I can't I can't take no paddle. He said, well, I'm going to call your grandma. I said, you go ahead and call him. He called grandma, put on speakerphone. 
Grandma said, did you do what he said you did? No, ma'am. <laughs> she said, Miss Cummins said, well, I told him, I'm, I'm going to call you. He can either take these weeks, take these days at home. But my grandma said, well, he said he ain't do it, so send him home. Miss Cummins so mad. He sent me back to class, bro. He put me at the table, you know, next to him in the cafeteria for like two months. I, I should have took them legs, man. <laughs> I should have took them legs. Hey, Mr. Cummins told me up <laughs> once. <laughs> Mr. Cummins uh, say, son, I, if I had to tell you one more again, I say, Mr. Cummins, one more time. Not one more again. <laughs> son, that's insubordination. Come with me. I'm just trying to help you out, Doc. Uh, he was going to hit you with that insubordination. Yeah, insubordination. <laughs> I think that cafeteria punishment is worse than a paddling, though, bro. When he made you sit that time, you can't talk to nobody. Yeah, boy, that prime time. Hey, what hey. was you doing, man? Man, we we had a food fight. Make you ruin it. You might not remember. Nah, I, ain't, I ain't participating in no food fight. I, I ain't said you did. I said, do you remember? Nah, yeah, we, I, we, I said no. Look, you said we had like me, Lope, the Comas, Chad Davis, all of us clowning, man. See, uh, I ain't had no bid on in the first place. Hey, Mister Um, Mister Comas, man, he's a little, he's keep his eye on me. Uh, my junior year, we all dressed up in khakis and white t-shirts. He pulled all of us to the cafeteria. This is gang related. And I know gang. the gang leader to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look the khaki boys. Yeah, he said, yeah, I know the ring leader. Y'all can all go to class. I need one person to stay here. Jane Gordon. <laughs> I know you orchestrated this, son. That's insubordinate. You're going to get some days at home. I'm like, I, I think right. his daughter on, on like we used to call him combo. He's doing one two combo. He come combo, y'all. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, she, she in the comments now. One of his daughters, she in the comments uh -huh. now. Uh-huh. That my daddy. That my daddy. <laughs> like, like, look, like, like we're gonna start talking about my son because she on him. <laughs> You know, I go to church with Mr. Common, so I see him. Oh, I'm so proud of you, son. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, son. Right. I ain't Thank forgot you. about them licks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Common, man. James, talk, talk to us about uh, some of the programs you got for, for your students right now. So, you know, I'm making a shift from elementary to middle. So a lot of the stuff that I incorporated in elementary, it can be a struggle to trying to do it in middle school. Because mm -hmm. Middle school kids on a different level. But as I continue to grab this work, I've noticed that middle school is nothing but upper elementary. They want to do it. So, you know, we started the uh, my boys and men mentoring program. Uh, we started that as soon as the school started. So, Boys in sixth through eighth grade, they come on Saturdays. And so our past um, session, we had um, Richard James Washington to show up, the brand of Rich Jeans. So he came in, and the Shout boys love it. So our um, program focused on three things, academics, athletics, character building, and entrepreneurship. So he came out and brought his his um, – his paraphernalia, he showed them you know, shoes. You know, our boys always talking about they want the Jordans. So he showed them the rich ones. All my guys, all four of them was like, Mr. Gordon, we don't want Jordans no more. Can we get a hold of them rich ones? And so he just talked to, talked to them about branding, 
how they can start their own business, which is only $30. So, man, when he left, man, that's all my guys been talking about the past two weeks. So that's kind of what I want to do. I kind of want to spotlight my folks from Coldwater because y'all are history makers. You know, folks don't know that, but Coldwater is a hidden gem. It produces a lot of talent. You got Trail Kendrick. You got Richard Washington. You got huh, arrogance, arrogance, right? You know, you got all these things that, that people are doing across the country, right? And so it's right coming right there out of cold water. So uh, we're going to spotlight a lot of you all uh, during Black History Month. So, you know, Trail Kimmins is coming next week to speak to the kids, but also to the track team to motivate them. You know, Richard Washington came last week to talk about entrepreneurship. We got Fallon Sip Spencer. She's coming to motivate our girls about entrepreneurship going into uh, cosmetology. You know, they can really see it. These are folks that they can put their hands on. I can put my hands on. So, and then we talked about um, myself and Fallon, how we're going to take those girls on a field trip to go visit her shop. They need to see it and, and, mo- and to motivate them because school ain't for college, ain't for everybody. You can get a trade. You got folks of plumbers and barbers. You have to go to a four-year university to do these things. So, you know, sometimes school, district school, always harping on college, 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 and career readiness. Because you can have a career and not go to college. And we got to show them. Mm -hmm. I I like how you uh, include the people from from all cold water, man. So You need to come too. That's all black history? Yeah, yeah. You said what now? I said, and you need to come too. You need to get an invitation in. Yes, sir. Uh, you've been you've been cordially invited right now. <laughs> All right. Give me the last week of the month, though. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. Yep. We get yeah. those from the program that, that we're incorporating. Um, our uh, board mentor group, our girl mentor group, um, which is um, and also we do our we have our dance team now. So they're really excited about that. So those are three uh, major things that we're doing right now with our scholars. Yeah. So what, what about like the the impact of COVID, man? And you know, kids not being able to come to school has that had an impact on the test scores, or how did you guys shift to keep that up? Um. So just going back to when I was elementary school principal, you know, COVID hit us in 2020, so. That was that was hard, man. You know, how to um, keep the kids engaged because that whole year it was digital. They had to get their devices, log on from home. If they had internet, the district provided them with the hotspots. But boy, you should have. It was. I got. I can tell y'all stories how we can be. The teacher is in class virtually with her 20 kids, domestic violence going on, right? Six or seven kids in one room trying to learn from a, uh, a teacher virtually. Um, parents walking behind the kids, forgetting that the kids are online, not even well-dressed. Bucky naked. <laughs> So lost learning, and then when he decided in the spring of 20, um, 
21 to bring the kids back into the school building and then allow them to get adjusted, right? Social, emotional learning. Parents are afraid to bring kids to school. Schools are being held responsible if the kids are not coming to school because that's a part of the what the accountability model, mm-hmm. getting kids to school. Then the uh, state holding the, the schools accountable for state testing. So you done miss almost two years of learning and this state test going to count. So just kind of assembling, making sure you're supporting teachers, supporting families, coming up with a plan to incentivize families to get their kids here to school. But just fortunately, uh, my school did well on the elementary level. We did well when the state testing results came back. So uh, just got to have a plan in place. Those programs put in place because you got to go outside the scope of the classroom. Got to be real creative. And so that's what I'm trying to do now as a middle school principal, being creative. Speaking of those programs and uh, your staff, I see like from the outside looking in, it seems like you always try to keep your staff morale high. Uh, I see you doing like fish fries, burger bars, all these things that like make your people want want to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, can you talk about that or speak to that for a second? First, just well, I always like to do it anyway. But someone told me, uh, older oh, principal God. told me, he said, "Man, he said feed your staff, or they gonna eat your kids." Mm. So you mm. feed your staff. If you don't feed them, they'll take their frustration out on the kids. So what I do is, like, you know, you're at school all day, you know, you're stressed out. So the least I can do is, what, feed you on Fridays. That's the least I can do, feed you on Fridays. So, and it works. They love it. You know, knowing that I ain't got to spend 10 to $15 on a Friday, I can come and eat and eat good. You know, it kind of shows you a sense of, of credibility. Did I, you know, sometimes I cook it too. So when, when it's fish frying time, they love it. Mr. Goon, you going to fry that fish? I got them. Yeah, but when I know that, good, boy. to all y'all principals out there, hey, look, when you know they're about to get ready to evaluate you, <laughs> fry some fish. Fry some fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fish frying time. When it, when the evaluation come out? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, go get uh, three boxes of fish. How many, how many teachers you got? Got about maybe 40 teachers, but 80 on staff. So you got teachers, teacher assistants, right? Secretaries, all those. So it's it's a combination of about 80, 80 staff members. And you know, what you, should do? you know what you should do, man? What's that? You should rent out flights, fish and wings one Friday night and uh take your staff down there, get some music playing. You know, let Allison let Allison battle that fish up the way she do it. I bet you get a full evaluation. <laughs> hey, I may have to do that. You know, some other thing we do for uh, staff morale, I really hadn't really just pushed it forward, but we did it once this year. We'll take them to main event mm-hmm. on the admin team. They get to go and eat and take part in all of the festivities except for drinking. You know, but they they enjoy themselves. They like that. 
We got a question in the comments about what you uh, you were just talking about your staff. Uh, Felicia Sip asked um, if every teacher has an assistant. She's not middle school. Now, as a as a elementary school principal, post COVID, the ESSA uh, grant allow every teacher in kindergarten, first and second grade to have an educational assistant, right? But in middle school, nah. So, you know, trying to put some plans in place because think about it, middle school, one teacher, 30 kids. That's a lot. It's a lot. So we, so I, you know, as principals, we have autonomy over our site-based budget, you know, but pretty much principals, you're actually a, a chief financial officer. They, You have a budget. And you got to, based off the needs of your school, determine how you need to spend it in certain areas. So trying to purchase more assistance because it can get very, very critical. You know, with social media now, think about it. Every day at school, I got to sift out what happened over the weekend with middle school students over Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So they come to school, oh, we're going to see you at the school. So I got to be everywhere, everywhere. Head on a swivel, middle school, baby. Here yeah. to go down and drop it down. TNN, have you heard of TNN? TNN. TNN, meet me in the restroom, 10 seconds. You about to be boxing 10 seconds. Mm. We getting it in. So you got to have folks on the hallway. Show me your hall pass. Like you know that that freedom we had when we was in school. Yeah, you got to really monitor them. See what you need. What you need is you need one of them Joe Clark suits and, and one of them horns. That's what you need. Man, I got a Joe Clark. I I got a bull <laughs> horn. Hey, they, they think I'm crazy anyway. I'm everywhere. <laughs> So I'm everywhere, man. What what um just just give us a, a peek into like what your day, what time does your day start? What time does it end? Just kind of fill in the gaps um on the day in the life of Principal James Gordon. I'm gonna give you a comparison. So mind you, we had 38115. We had Hickory Ridge, right? Mm-hmm. Hickory Hill, which is now known as Hickory Hood, right? But I love my kids, apartments. So at the elementary school, I would be outside greeting kids as they come in the building, loop around the room, let me loop around the building and start getting the classroom to like, you know, observe teachers. Middle school, I'm at the, I'm at the main entrance, watching them as they come in after they leave the metal detectors or whatnot, their search, speaking to them. And for like the first maybe hour, I'm in the front office at the um, clearing overnight suspension clip. I try not, not to suspend. So I just sent a letter home. You can't come back to school until your parent brings you so I can talk to you about the child's behavior. So I'm clearing overnight suspensions. I'm looping around, making sure that we're monitoring the... It's a lot of, lot of monitoring. Monitoring kids and monitoring adults monitoring kids. That's all day. And then maybe around 10 o'clock I get the chance to go inside of classrooms and look at instruction so I can determine if I need to support this teacher or give this teacher PD or my other, my, my APs, cafeteria duty, because you know you got 200, you got six, seven, eighth grade. So you got 200 plus kids 
every, you know, during the cafeteria time. So you hear them swivel. You hear them swivel because you already know, oh, we had a problem over the weekend. It's going down. We got to make sure it don't go down in the cafeteria. So they already know. When they see me, they're like, he come, he come, he come. So that's pretty much it, man. Until I kind of create that culture where, you know, every the kids can what police themselves. Right now, I'm not there yet. Next year, we will be. Do, do y'all have like security guards on campus? SRO. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Our school resource officer. So it's uh they're provided by the school district. Are they armed? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, uh, so, <clears throat> hey, and the girls, the guys at my school, they ain't fighting. It's the girls. Mm. They ready at every any given moment. District wide though. I believe it. So, man, I'm, I'm gonna ask a, a, a touchy question. <clears throat> it ain't it ain't nothing new um, to the school environment, especially in the uh, the realm you're in now with middle school. But uh, I know you you know watching the kids and and watching the the teachers watch the kids. How how alert do you have to be, making sure that the teacher not messing with a child? Because now, nowadays, social media, they got a lot of more avenues now than what they had when we was in high school and elementary school and all that <clears throat> to mess around and do stuff they ain't got no business doing. Well, knock on wood, I haven't had that issue. But, you know, sometimes different people know leadership. You knew how, you know, we didn't, when we saw Mr. Cummins, we didn't, we know Miss Come One playing. Mm-hmm. We may see Coach, you know, so it was probably real short when you saw Mr. Cummins, right? How you doing? Good morning. Mm-hmm. When you saw probably Spy, what's up, Spy? What's up, what's up? You know, night and day, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing with me. You know, my staff know I'm high task, I'm low social. They know I don't play. So I don't think that they would want to get into something like that. Because when I was a teacher, I want those teachers that I didn't see any kids at the office. But when I sent the kids to the office, the principal knew it was something bad, they're getting suspended. I don't write teachers up. But if if HR gets a referral from me about a teacher, that teacher gonna get in trouble. So yeah. it's the same way with the staff. We ain't gonna pretty much cross Mr. Gordon do anything too unprofessional because he wanted them people. He gonna try to put you on the chopping block. So stuff like that now, teachers going back and forth with, with a child, I'm working on that. You know, you, you be, be professionals. A child curses you, don't curse them back. You're the professional. Write it up. You trying to, so, no, it ain't, I don't, I don't believe we're going to have one, one of those. I'm, I'm glad you touched on that, but I was asking, like, sexually, like, teachers, you know, like, sexually messing with kids and you know, kids mess with teachers. You know, we we've seen it. Let's be honest, we've seen it heard at times. Um, but like now, since they have so many more, you know, um, avenues to to do stuff without being seen and all that. Um, how how do you guys? Not you specifically, but how do you guys police that? 
versus just policing the kids this so you know my my admin team know we spend at least we we are trying to spend at least 60 percent of our day inside the classroom and if you are a teacher or educator and you being where you're supposed to be which is teaching kids mm-hmm. now we can't we can't we can't police your phone when you are away from the school but one of the it's a district policy but i'm really enforcing in my school and when you're teaching kids your cell phone is invisible so you don't have time and we you know when kids come in the building they put their cell phone they put their cell phone power it off and put it up um you know i don't i don't think nothing like that's going on but just going back to them folks now i don't if they're thinking about it i don't think they'll go that far because they know if i find out i'm i'm calling sr i'm calling sro i'm calling npd and i'm calling human resources owner how many um sros do y'all have just one per school just one per school one per school yeah um, and that's on and that's for middle and high okay that's for middle and high now if you're in the county if you're in the county you may have a sro and a sheriff what um what kind of advice would you give to someone in, um i guess a, an aspiring teacher or principal um going into education in this day and age first making sure there's something you want to do and making sure that you're passionate about it see if you're not passionate about it, you'll easily get deterred, distracted, and stressed out. See, I don't too much get stressed because I'm passionate about it. Like, there's something you all are passionate about. There's something out there that a person is passionate about. So I may be frustrated on Monday about something that went on at work. When I go to sleep and wake up, it's a whole new day. I'm going to try to conquer it again. Tuesday may be the same thing, the same results. I'm going to try to find a plan, go to sleep, and wake up. A student or a teacher may make me mad about something or upset me. I'm not going to come back the next day harboring those those feelings because that's what I'm passionate about. So if you're not passionate about it, you're going to hold grudges. I, I got some teachers that hold grudges toward a student. I said, you can't do that. When you, you, you're getting paid to be professional and follow policy, we actors. You know, like I can, now I've told teachers, I've been told, and he'll tell you this, uh, David James. I said, "Hey, you from Coldwater? We went to Jack- we went to school in Jackson together, and you my frat brother." I said, "Let me tell you something. When you come in here, I'm Principal Gordon, and you, Mister Jameson, I will fire you if you mistreat <laughs> my kids, and we can go hang out as frat. So you'll be mad, but I'm gonna be mad because if I don't get rid of you, they'll be getting rid of me for not what doing my job." So I'm gonna tell you, you gotta be passionate about it. This isn't if you're not passionate about it, you're gonna have some long days and some long nights stressed out about it. And making sure this is what you want to do as a teacher. Yeah. Now, an administrator, you got kids and adults. Maybe some days where I just be like, look, nah. But just making sure you're passionate about it. If you can't fire them, don't hire them. What you just said. <laughs> is that right, Joy? Love finding people, man. Uh, hey, hey, no, hey, you know. <laughs> hey, Johnny, 
I, I had I had Jordan, and uh, Jordan worked with me for about what, Jordan about a year before I went to the position. And uh, Jordan Jordan would come in my office. Hey man, what you think about so and so so and so? Man, you can hire whoever you want to, but if you can't fire him, don't hire. Him. You can't fire him, don't hire. Him. And or, or if you got the fire, if you think you're gonna fire him, don't hire him. Yeah, yeah. No doubts, but man, it's a it's a teacher shortage nationwide. So you know, you got all these vacant positions. So you just you just hiring folks. That's the biggest challenge now with principals. You got to be. You got to have some patience if you're gonna be a principal because it's a major shortage that you don't have to go to school to teach anymore. To teach, like you can have a degree in in industrial arts. And go in there and be a math teacher. And so think about it. If you're going to school to be a dentist, right? I went to school for education. I may know how to extract a tire from a car. I don't know how to extract no tooth from no mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah. you may think extraction is the same thing. Well, it ain't the same. So we have people there are mechanics going to be a dentist. That's like folks graduating from college, don't have anything, any knowledge about education and going in there and teaching. See, in education, they taught how to deal with kids. It's in a book, how to deal with kids with what? ADHD, ED, right? How to teach math, how to teach science, the pedagogy, the, the terminology. You got folks don't know anything about that and going in there trying to teach Deal with defiance, turn in grades, submit grades, call parents. It's crazy out here in the world of education. Yeah. And I, I know you was talking earlier about, like, you know, people not necessarily having to go to college, you know, get a trade, doing something. Do you think they're going to ever consider uh, changing um, the curriculums to where it's like more trade focused versus? Uh, and I guess I use the example of chemistry. You know, take chemistry. You know, use chemistry unless you go to school to be a you know a doctor or a scientist. So, like, why take classes that we don't need or we won't use again when there's an opportunity to get something like cosmetology or barbering or welding or something like that and have a trade when you come out of high school? I know my current school district is is trying to bring that back. Remember Votech, mm-hmm. Votech and Coldwater. So they're really trying to do that with CCTE. I would strongly encourage that. Look, hey, look, they need to do that. If you don't, they should know. Hey, the the way this, the, the projection of how this college is performing, let's see if we can find them a trade. That's what they do, like, in, in China. Everybody don't go to school in China. Mm-hmm. Only the upper echelons go. And if you're not upper echelon, then you go to a trade school. You're still going to school, but you're going for what? To be a trade, to be a plumber, to be a barber. Now, if you're going to be an engineer, an engineer, a scientist, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go to the, you know, to get those academics, what you need. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Where Richard going at, man? Hmm? Uh, Roger. Where Roger going Roger. at? Yeah. Nice. Oh, man, yeah, Roger. Rich. I don't know. Hold on. He retired. Right, I look. You you was on the phone, with Roger. When I saw Roger, that's my guy, man. He he doing good, man. You know he worked down. Uh, 
um, like in what is it, DeSoto, Tunica County, and Panola County. He he works in that area. Yeah. So he's working hard, man, making that big money. I for, I forgot to ask him when I talked when I saw him that night. I know he he was going to school to your point. He was going to school. I remember for like sports medicine, right? Mm-hmm. In Southern Miss. Yeah. But he's doing something totally different. Yep. He's doing something totally different. He works like with the I can't think of it where he he works with uh, federal grants, Mm -hmm. um, supporting um, senior citizens and housing. Don't quote me on that because he may be watching. No, he ain't watching because he ain't on social media. Somebody may go and tell him what I said and then he cuss me out because he'll cuss you out. He he tries to. He thinks he's tough. He always thought we was tough. Yeah. Yeah, but well, man, if there's anything, if there's anything that anybody can do, man, to help support these kids today, what what would you say that is? Man, look, I'm gonna just share with y'all, man. Just man, find a a school and just see how you can help support, man. How you can help pull back resources. So that's gonna be my job, man, to kind of utilize you all, man. You know, just. Uh, <laughs> You use your resource to help, you know, support our, our scholars. So they need it. They need it. Whether if y'all can, if you can drop me some drinks off, huh, hey, if you can uh, drop off some belts, man, some whatever. Like, you know, we, um, our girls, you know, middle school, you know, they go through that, that transition, they're going through puberty. So, you know, they, they need those hygiene products, you know, to kind of increase their self-esteem. Just, man, just give back. Just yeah. give back, you know, because we had a village. You know, the folks that, you know, Mr. Cummins could beat on us because Mr. Cummins probably beat on some of our parents. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I, know, know, I know probably he did. My uncle's never talking about him. Yeah. So that's because he had a village. Yeah. See, like, at, you know, the school nowadays, our teachers and principals don't know the folks in the community, they ain't trying to, some not trying to get to know them, and the parents in the community not trying to get to know what's going on at the school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just give back, man. Best way you can, can man. You know, just uh, what, what Richard did the other day that inspired some boys, man. They come see me every day. Hey, Mr. Good, when you gonna give me a rich jean jacket? It's coming. It's coming. Have my, have my rich ones. Uh, Come in, can't come in yet. Say it's coming, y'all. So hold tight. So you know, same good thing. But then also too, how I can work to get you all more involved. You know, since y'all are open to that, so that's what I want to do. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I, I don't know if you watched like last week, but we did like a um, we did we did a giveaway for like some Grizzly tickets, and uh, what we used was like a trivia game. Mm-hmm. You know, to to do that, and um, you know, I, I guess something for like. And I know kids, it's always a touchy subject. And anytime you deal with kids, you got to get the parents to agree, sign a waiver, that type of thing. You think that'll be something that some kids be open to, like doing like a a, a team trivia or team versus or something? Mm-hmm. And like they, they can log in and, you know, like Black History Month, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was just saying last week, like there's a Black History trivia out there. So mm-hmm. it can be like a team game where, you know, five, ten people, five, ten kids, whatever, on the mm-hmm. same team compete against each other to get points about Black mm-hmm. History trivia. Mm-hmm. I'm for it, man. I'm yeah, for just, it. Just some ideas out there because I, I was just talking last week about how or we were talking last week about how um, Black history is not what it used to be. 
and, and it's starting to get out of schools more and more, you know. So and today's February first, so you know. And see, I had a, I had a lineup, so you know, every day you have a student that's going to come to the intercom and you know speak on a moment in history where they talk about a famous uh, African American achiever. And so that's what we're going to do on Monday when Trail comes. We're going to spotlight Jesse Owens, mm-hmm. right? We talk about Jesse Owens, how he was the first, right? And then segue into Trail, right? He was the first of what? Coldwater, Mississippi to mm-hmm. do this. And then inspired kids, hey, you can be the first to do something. You see? Yeah. And so uh, I know uh, my man Matt, you know, you were, you know, hip-hop rap artist. I'd be in the cafeteria. That's all they do on, on, on the table. All the stuff that y'all did back in school, they doing it. They yeah. need direction. So, you know, is that what you want to do? You want to spit some bars? And so they, that's what they love about me. Oh, Mr. Gordon, you think I know about the drip? I know about all this. So kind of relate to them. So if we can get somebody like you, man, to come and say, hey, let's take that talent, that energy, and pour it in. So that's why I miss want to do, you know, because they go to, you know, the exploratory classes when they leave their instructional classes and they go like to art or music. Some of those classes are kind of boring. So I want to kind of incorporate where I have a teacher when they go to for an hour and they can talk about what? Um, designing beats, coming up with beats, you know, getting a beat machine, someone who specializes in that digital audio or whatever and just set up a room. They can go in there and do that. So kind of, you know, lift that talent. Yeah. So, Super dope. It's all coming. It's, it takes some time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of shifting that a little bit. Um, with Coldwater, man, what, what you think we need to do to reinvigorate Coldwater? Well, I think that they have already put in place that it's going to be shut down. Oh, I ain't talking about the school. So this, like, like you said earlier, we we pay instead. You know, it's. It's almost a little too late for them. I'm just talking about it in general. Just like, you know, the kids, man. I know, I know they may not have a high school to go to, but any kind of community activity or like, like Princeton did, did the uh, the camps before. He's moved the camps now, but I know Ashley does like a, a basketball camp. Just like anything you think we could do, form an alliance. Let's see, I see somebody, somebody, somebody just posted. I can't say it right now. <laughs> right, so just go back and look what Allison said. Huh? One day. We got you. One day. Right. But form an alliance. So where we have a group of us come together. And this alliance just exudes their leadership in, in cold water. So you got Ashley Daniels that's doing the um the basketball camp, right? Mm-hmm. Um you got uh, Winston Knox doing the what is it the uh, cold water U sports loud, huh? And, and loud Grant, loud Grant. You got um, you got uh, who was that? Uh, Preston James, right? Who's doing the summer camps, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, we all need to come together and say, hey, just like any organization, this is what we're gonna do. What's our vision? What's our platform? What's our goal? All right, we all come together with a common vision. And then when we come up with that, then what is our schedule of events? For for example, the 2024 year. What are we going to do? So what's going to end up happening is when these kids go to those 
surrounding schools, and there's nothing there, and cold water gonna become. I tell you what, the, what the eventually the goal is. They wanna they wanna phase out cold water. Hmm. So we got to try to do something to to bring it back. So this, this is what I would say too, man. Uh, in a situation like that. Land goes for cheap, and they come in and buy the land, mm-hmm. and then the value goes up on the land. Mm-hmm. So when these school when the school closed, I'm sure it's gonna be some property for sale in Coldwater. So anybody who's listening, if you can, if you're able, if it if it takes three or four people to get together to, mm-hmm. to buy something to keep somebody else from getting it, that might be some stuff we need to start looking at. And holla at uh, y'all had Michi on here. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, you were talking about how, what to do. See, that's forming an alliance. You got somebody in real estate that know how to get it, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, so, because that's you know, because I have uh, a piece of property now in cold water and, and working to get more in mm-hmm. cold water. So, yeah, got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm, and I'm gonna share this. Then I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna let y'all finish it up. But uh, I mentioned uh, when we first started the show that I was um, staying at a place. Well, I was in Greenville, Cleveland, down that area for, for work. I had to stay overnight. And the place that we stayed at was called the Cotton House. Not, very nice place. But you know where we're from. You hear cotton, what's the first thing you think? So I got to that room. The picture on the wall, the guy's name, I can't remember his name. It's my phone, though. Saw his name on there. And whatever his name was, it was like his family's farm or whatever. So I said, well, let me, I'm about to get in bed anyway. So I'm going to go and browse, you know, search the history on this. So the guy who owns that hotel, owns that hotel. He owns one in Oxford. And he owns one in Nashville called The Graduate in Oxford and The Graduate in Nashville. The one down in the, uh, the Delta is called The Cotton House. So putting two and two together, The Cotton House, um, you, you may as well say promote. There's pictures on the wall of this guy who owned this quote-unquote farm. And what this farm is, is 26,000 acres between Cleveland and Mount Bayou that was a cotton plantation. And so, they, of course, at some point, they changed the name to the Cotton House. Um, the Cotton Farm, I mean. But um, this guy's family came out of Memphis, went down to the Delta and, and bought land and or took land, however it happened. I don't know. But 26,000 acres. There was a plantation turned into a farm. And just north of that, I don't know if y'all know the history on Mount Bayou, Mississippi, but Mount Bayou, Mississippi was at one point the most equitable black community in the country, in, in the Delta, Mississippi. And so I passed through Mount Bayou today on the way back home, and that's what brought my thought to the whole cold water situation with the land, because even, even if they shut the school down, and I know Allison put it, charter school here in the comments, so, you know, this situation where if if land go for cheap in cold water, if y'all are able to get it or able to partner with somebody to get it, we need to get it and, and get to that point where, you know, as we're getting older, we're getting closer and closer to retirement. You know, some of y'all got them 401, 401ks out there. You're going to want to invest in something. You know, um, I, ain't, I ain't telling you what to do, but you might have a little extra to invest back in the cold water some, at some point. And we may look up 10, 20 years from now and cold water is a new Lewisburg. You never know. But let's not let it be the new, the new Lewisburg on their terms. Mm-hmm. They come in about the land and switch it and flip it. And this country farmland is done turned back. And now, now it's prime territory. 
Yeah, I'm going to go and speak on uh, Allison. So, yeah, I always thought about that, you know, starting title school and in, in cold water. If it didn't work out, if they closed cold water down, starting title school and getting the right folks on board. And then start a title school and outperform all the surrounding schools because cold water has always had good talent, academic and athletic and beyond. Without being said, we have produced more championships than any of the schools in Tate County, right? We have successful people that come out of cold water. It can happen. Definitely can happen. That is something that I've been thinking and pondering on. Is Rayshawn still on? Yeah, he's still on. let you know right now, I've been trying to get Rayshawn Esther to come and work with me for years. I need Rayshawn to come over there and coach my team. He can cut hair. Come on, Rayshawn. And then if not, we start that shot. Because think about it now. When you go to solid school, you don't have to go to school for education. Right? So Rayshawn, come over there. Teach, health, coach basketball, home ec. Do everything just like Coach Five. Coach Five would <laughs> drove that bus. Drive a Z. Talk health. Everything. Did it all. And then played on, on Sundays. We're going to have that resource office sitting outside Rayshawn Clayroom. <laughs> <laughs> my, my boy Ray don't play. Ray tough, uh-huh. man. Oh, he yeah. tough, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't let him get you in the garage, boy. He get to talking about four with that notebook. He got that notebook. <laughs> I can't type. Hand it down. It's all right. He, he going to write in there. <laughs> I'll be watching you, Ray. <laughs> yep, he going to write it. Well, nah, I, mean, I, I just wanted to bring that bring that point, man. Like I said, even when you think about the school, we talk about the school a lot, but we we all know that businesses run everything. And and, and if if these companies and gas stations popping up in cold water, we we don't want cold water to, or or even that portion of the county to turn into an industrial um, industrial area, because the the one thing you definitely don't want is a chemical plant. You don't want a chemical plant there because um, you know that's where they put them. Mm-hmm. Black communities, low income. Mm-hmm. So, just keep that in mind. That's my Black History Lesson for the day. Little Nick ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that red song? Was that red song that said that? I knew Mac was going to say something. I always know. I always know. There's Zeno looking at. <laughs> Awkward hey, man. Can't have the awkward Hey man, <laughs> I, I really, man, appreciate man y'all inviting me on, man. I, I like what y'all are doing, man, and, and man, definitely, man, and keep this up, man. I like the sticks and stones, doc. You really come over there, man. Lay your head, lay your hair down, and just you know tell it like it is. Yeah, uh, man. We, we we created this platform, you know, for folks, you know, like you, um, be able to come on and you know share, you know, lighting lessons, um. You know, uh, to the people who ain't seen you in a while, and you know, and uh, I know we all learned some some stuff about you t- tonight um, that we didn't know. Um, but uh, we definitely thank you for coming on, taking our time uh, out of your busy schedule. We know, even though you you iced in as a principal, you still working. Uh, so uh, we just appreciate you, man, and look forward to uh, trying to get something together down the road that we can. Uh, Form and uh, 
be able to, you know, reach back and uh, lend a hand. Yeah, definitely appreciate yeah. you, man. Appreciate you taking out the time to join us and uh, dropping those jewels. And uh, yeah, look forward to working with you. And I'm gonna tell y'all who y'all need to get on sticks and stones. Coach Dandridge. Why you about you tell her tell her how to do our job, man? <laughs> hey. Hey, I will set up the Zoom form. Hey, look. So I'm in the barbershop yesterday and talked to him about it. So yeah. We we definitely gonna get him, we're gonna get him to come on. He on the list. He definitely on the list. He, he look for Yeah. But yeah, man, he, he um we reached out to him. We're gonna reach out to uh to DJ. So we got we got some uh some heavy hitters coming, man. Yeah. We, we we were nine episodes down. Well, after this, one, nine episodes down. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mostly interviews, and you know, we got a lot more to go. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of uh, shells uncovered, man, and a lot of people learning more about people that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, Michi Michi uh, spent that chair around. He said, "Hey, ain't you Bruce kid?" I said, <laughs> "Yes, sir." <laughs> you my cousin. <laughs> I know basketball. Did he have some aces on? Nah, he didn't have no aces on yesterday. I don't know what I don't know what them was. He might have he might have had them rich ones on. I don't know. Yeah, he, look, he might be on his way to hoop then if he had them aces on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uncle asked about the Coldwater JCs. Any yeah. y'all remember them? Jane, you the oldest taking man. You know JCs. Mm-mm. Now I claimed they, they claimed that before our time. We got to we, yeah. we got to research them though. Yeah, I don't know about that. Old Clan Sip boy, hey, he used to be out there uh, helping us coach. He used to coach uh, help a coach in the cold water. He had his shirt on button with some chains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good play, you did. I see you. Oh yeah, game. I think he the only one. He the only one had the uh, the softball short pants. Short baseball paint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, man. Oh, hey. yeah, baby. Them cutters. My name Them cleavage cutters. Yeah, them cutters, boy. Ooh-wee. Y'all get out to an uncle, man. Y'all look. Oh y'all, y'all got on both of my uncles tonight. Uncle Clans, Uncle Fred. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't never paddled me, so I don't know what y'all do. Hey, hey, how uh, how Miss Cummins is now, man? <laughs> Mr. Cummins, I think he was uh, a year older than my mom, so Mr. Cummins should be 74. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I guess I don't wait too long, man. What happened? I said when I was in high school, I was going to challenge him with a paddle, but it's, I don't wait too long now. I got to respect my elbows, man. <laughs> I wait way too long. <laughs> But now I was gonna I was gonna ask him about the time whenever I do see him, ask him about the time that uh that he was gonna paddle me and, and I uh, told him he could send me home. Mm. But uh he he was uh he was a principal too, wasn't he, Joy? He's so. always AP. Yeah, yeah. He was AP, so you know when um you know when Bearden left, Mr. Bearden became the deputy superintendent of Tunica County. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Cummins went there. And okay. then Mr. Bearden went and became the deputy superintendent of 
Saint in St. Louis. Hmm. Mr. Bid is still working. Really? Mr. Bid live in Olive Branch. Mr. Bid is still um traveling um the tri-states. He spent a lot of time in Louisiana uh coaching and training principals in different school districts. I talk to him every now and then. Man, I hadn't seen him since he left Cold Water. Mr. Cummins either. I hadn't seen him since he left Cold Water. Yeah, Cummins, Cummins. Uh, we go to church together, so you know, he up there, you know, he uh, when it's time to pray, you know, he go up there and lead that prayer. Before he pray, he's gonna talk about five minutes now. <laughs> I tell you another good one too, man, before we jump off Mr. Crowth and Miss and Miss Crowther too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he came back to become the principal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. He was the principal my uh, my senior year of high school. He came back and Miss Gallagher was the assistant principal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, JG. He said the uh the JC sponsored the baseball team. So um yeah, that's that's who the JCs were. Who are Allison talking about? Even we talking about Coach Crowd. Oh, Miss Crowther. Okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Him, him, and Miss Crowther too. Like you said, he came back. He came back to uh, be principal, and Miss Crowther came back out of retirement to uh, teach us English. When Miss Morgan had that car accident, I think I was in ninth grade, I believe. And Miss Crowther came back and uh, taught us English the second semester and helped get us ready for state test. So that's the type of stuff you don't see no more. Like you said, it was a village back then, but it ain't a village like it used to be. To Miss Brown back in cold water, like now, really? Yeah, I yeah. seen somebody talking about that on one of the other episodes. Hmm. Yeah. Down. And I and I know I know um, now is the time to bring on, but uh, Sharon Johnson is turning into. The Miss Browns and the and the Miss Crowthers and you know, you know, and Miss Conley, her mom, you know, and those who who came before, because like you said about doing like Spy was doing a lot of stuff. She's doing a whole lot of stuff, man, for them kids this school. Hey, Fee Patrick, I done said bye to James eight times, man. Hey, y'all just cut me off, man. I ain't, nah, I, hey, if you want to stay on, I'm good with it. But if you hey, got something to do, I don't want you to be like, man. I know, hey, oh, I know these folks. Know, remember now, this is my ice in. This is my ice in. They cancel school. Hey, look, they, look, they hey, cancel school. Hey, well, they, hey, if you good, I'm good. I just don't want you to be like, hey, man, I know they just told me while ago that they were good. They were happy to have me on. Look. And then Fifth had to read another comment and we back at it again. Hey, hey. <laughs> they might ice in. He ain't got nowhere to go. I'm iced in, they done canceled, and so and so um I'm getting text messages. So the assistant superintendent, he done text the principals in my zone, don't schedule no Zoom meetings. So some foolish principal don't win and say, Oh no, I'm about to I'm about to get my folks online. Boy, these folks gonna get in trouble. I ain't called no teacher. I don't want them to call me. Mm -mm. I I'ma see you when they say, Hey, we go back. Go back. Go back. I don't want to see. Well, James, since I don't see it eight times, man, this is the ninth episode. So I guess I'll make this the last <laughs> time I see it, man. Hey, James. I enjoyed y'all, man. Let me go give me some love. Uh, yeah, I'll hold it down. Y'all be easy. All right, you too, man. All right, bro. Yep. Appreciate you, man.
joke him. What's up, bro? I know, man. I know, man. Fuck you gonna stand next to a nigga like me that really do it. Alright, man. Next time y'all stick some may break my bones. The words ain't gonna hurt me. I ain't gonna hurt it. Like, subscribe, share. We'll see y'all next week.